Hey, extraneous listeners. Today, we wanted to talk to you about Tavor, the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. You can download the app for iOS or Android and can browse the beers that you're interested in and add them to your own personalized crate. You pay for the beers as you add them to your crate and can ship whenever you're ready. There's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and the price of shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. Tavor works only with independent breweries around the world, so you know they're going to be worth your investment. You can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use code EXTRANEOUS at checkout, and you'll get $10 off after your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code EXTRANEOUS. Welcome to another episode of Extraneous. Supernatural Edition. How has everybody been doing since the show ended? It's not here anymore. We have no more Supernatural to watch. What do we do with our time? Oh, God. That is the question that we have come to answer today because, as you've noticed, we're still here. Yeah, we which are. Which means that there's still things to discuss. Um, excuse me. There will always be things to discuss. <laughs> there's 15 seasons to dig into. Supernatural is just a mammoth, and we can talk about it forever. It's true. We have proved that before. We're going to continue to prove that into the future. <laughs> so I guess we should also introduce ourselves when we say that. My name is Leah. And I'm Takia. And welcome to our show that will never die. <laughs> Unlike the Impala? Rip. <laughs> or similar to the Impala. Who knows? Who knows? Baby Dean might be driving that bad boy around after his dad dies. That's true. That's true. So today... We are going to do a season 15 wrap up episode, kind of like we used to do when we were going through all of Supernatural at a ridiculous clip. <laughs> Far too quickly. Far too quickly. We've spent a lot of time digging into each individual episode, but now we want to talk about season 15 as a whole. And mm -hmm. honestly, knowing us, probably in reference to the whole of Supernatural in general, just the entire universe. So everything that you're used to, basically. <laughs> All right, great. So let's start how we normally do with the <laughs> season summary. Unfortunately, the DVD uh, isn't out yet, so we don't have like the full meaty one. It's so sad. I was so sad when I realized we did not have the DVD summary. <laughs> but there is a summary on the like Amazon season, which I felt like was in the same, I don't know, like oeuvre, like it's in the same general tone of those back of DVD summaries. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're going to do that one. Ready? Go. The epic journey of the Winchester brothers come to a close as Supernatural enters its 15th and final season. That should be comes to a close, right? Yeah, it should. <laughs> so, copy edit. Sam, Dean, and Castiel have battled the forces of darkness in an unending quest to save the world. But in the season 14 finale, they faced off against God himself, refusing to kill their surrogate son, Jack, and thus bringing about God's decision to end this reality once and for all. It really is like some of the back of DVD summaries where they just like talked about the previous season and were like, mm. <laughs> Granted, this was probably written, like, while we were in that, like, six-month hiatus, seven-month hiatus, like, and they only had half a TV show to put on their service, so. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that this, because it's part of the, like, Amazon, you can buy the season as the season's airing thing, it was probably done at the beginning. I wouldn't be surprised if this weren't the, like, press release summary of the season that was oh. put out way back when. Actually, that's a good point, because I, I have that. Like, I, that's how I get Supernatural. Like, I watch it 
or I suppose watched it in past <laughs> I watched it week to week, but I also purchased the thing so that before we recorded every day, I could rewatch it like on the train. Wow, also a thing of the past. Uh, <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> Life is just unrecognizable. But yeah, genuinely, everything is so different now. <laughs> I'm excited to get the, like, real summary, and honestly, maybe that will be, like, bonus content. We will do a dramatic reading. Oh, yeah. Okay, so talking about season 15 as a whole, how would you rate this season? Okay, so I liked season 15. I think season 15 had really great moments and had really interesting things to say, especially by the end about the the journeys of these characters. I like that they were not afraid to quite literally turn God human and, and assumedly he dies at some point. Like, I really like what Supernatural did here. There are moments of the season where, and I think this is proof that this is still Supernatural 15 years on, <laughs> where they just like, the, the the pacing and the direction is just like off. And it's like, why are we wheel spinning if we're in season 15 and we should know what each one of these 20 hours of television that we are creating should do? And I'm like, why... Why are we not just kind of moving forward? There's a lot of arrested momentum. Uh-huh. Um, and whether that is because of the unexpected hiatuses or frankly, the planned hiatuses before yeah. March happened, uh, really kept making me feel like the season was halting in its tracks. Yeah, there was a lot of stop and start. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but like the moments where this season was good, like, like any season of Supernatural was very good. And. Overall, I like this. I like the idea of this season, I think, a little bit more than I liked maybe the execution of the season. But overall, I did like it. Like, I, it's not like I'm like, this is basically season six all over again. It's not. No, I, I completely agree. I honestly think that if I had to rank them, which we probably should, and I'm sure that we will at some point, mm. I would put this dead center of the pack. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's not, it's not a top five. It's not a season great. But it's not a six or a 12. Like, it's not that bad. It's like dead center for me. And what's funny is like our center of the packs, if I recall, were the same kind of series of like six or so, but messed up a bit. Yeah, we have them in all different orders. And it's not bad. Like, it's like definitely the top two thirds or like it escapes the bottom third or so. Yeah. Looking at my list here. Yeah, absolutely. Because exactly what you're saying, the things that it does well, it does so well. And I give it a lot of credit for having the unwieldy task of wrapping up this 15 year saga, both telling a story that is unique to this season and also trying to be satisfying to end a series that people have been following for so long. So like, it's a tall order going into this season. I think that they, for the most part, come up with a really interesting and compelling, and I love the plot of like God Mm -hmm. being the big bad. Um, It feels almost like Supernatural was always going to this direction, right? Like it felt like we were driving here. And so I really like it from like a top level. There's some things in the middle where it's just like meh. Yeah, we had a discussion where we were sort of putting this outline together. uh, And you said something about how this is probably the most serialized season of Supernatural. And I think that plays into yes, like, I think that contributes to some of the issues, if only in that we are used to some serialization in Supernatural, we're used to some episodic and, and we're used to the pacing of a season. But this was so heavily serialized that there were moments where you're like, oh, this is weird. So many episodes are leading into the next one. And like it you're just not used to it, like, I think is part of the 
yeah. issue or frankly the writers aren't used to crafting a season of Supernatural in this way. And I think that like again this is a two sides of the same coin where like on the one hand that to me made it weaker because there was just like a lot of things that didn't quite hit like didn't quite get there Mm. but on the other hand they're clearly still trying to do something new and interesting with a show that's been here for 15 years so like i have to give you credit for like trying something new and keeping the audience on its toes right like even we'll talk about carry on later because i loved it but like Mm -hmm. even in the series finale one of the things that we drilled into last episode was how much they like played with form and like took like just like really messed with the way supernatural normally functions i love that i love playing with the shape of the show i think that as a fan that's been following it for so long there's a degree to which i'm like but this is the last season and you knew it was the last season just give me what i want like just give me (laughs) just like give me supernatural yeah i 100 agree with you watching an episode like Gimme Shelter or, or like early in the season, Atomic Monsters, the the couple of episodes that had a lot of classic hunt vibes mm-hmm. were almost welcome in the grand scheme of things because I felt like I needed a minute to chill out. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think if it was in a different position of the season, like Atomic Monsters would have actually been pretty high on my list because I really liked that episode. But I felt that the first three, if I recall, the first three episodes outside of the rupture, I felt that they dragged And I was like, because they were so focused on just wrapping up the previous season that we get to Atomic Monsters and there's no forward momentum. And I was like, kind of bummed out about it. Mm -hmm. But like, if that were your standard, you know, episode 10 hunt, then I might have like really peaked that a bit higher. Like at this point, that's nitpicking. Because I remember (laughs) as we went through the season, every week we came together and we were like, ugh, this fucking episode. We never had that reaction. No, no. We had different varying levels of, I liked this, this was good, this had problems. But like, I think every week we were like, this was a satisfying episode of Supernatural most of the time. Yes, absolutely. And taken individually, they were all like better than, honestly, I think anyone could hope for in season 15. Yes. (laughs) Right? Like, that's I think our expectations were like, yeah, this is like, you know, Supernatural for me had been a little bit weak in the seasons prior. And I think that you're in the last season. It could be really easy to be kind of like rote and and meandering. And while there are moments where this season kind of like veered, they were individually like really interesting and compelling episodes. And so like, I'm telling you, like, straight middle of the pack. I would give this like right in the center. Yep. I agree with you. I think that's fair. How do we do this? What's next? (laughs) (laughs) So typically next is uh, in the sort of uh, legacy or or classic episodes of this show, I suppose. <laughs> Which really, I don't know about legacy or classic, considering that was fourteen episodes and we've done over fifty. So, like, what what even is what even is? Yeah. But this is where we used to discuss the uh, title card and recurring themes. Now, because we've gone into each episode of the season, we've talked about this, um, and actually fairly recently. But um, in terms of the title card, we know what's up. It is Jack's explosion into the empty. It's like a big. It's a flash of light and then the the splatter sort of all around it. Yeah, which is like one of our more explicit title cards. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we talked about this when we finally saw Jack explode at the end of Unity, beginning of Despair, because it's just like, oh, that is exactly what it is. Like, that is the exact title card, Um, as opposed to, I think, in past Supernatural title cards have been kind of like abstract iterations on Mm -hmm. whatever the 
major villain or theme of the season is, right? It's like, I can tell you kind of where it comes from, but not ex- the exact moment. Yeah. And so interesting that they were just like this. I think in part because like that scene is pretty ambiguous and like it has the feeling of the supernatural title cards in the past. And also like it's a little bit of a red herring, right? Like, yes, it's a little like dark. And also, it, I don't know, there's something like foreboding about it. Mm-hmm. And then not only does Jack explode, but like then becomes God and like all is like happy go lucky. So it's yeah. a little like I think that that was fun to play with there. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I can't tell if they planned on that being it when they decided on this or if it was just like ambiguous Bernie empty stuff. <laughs> And then they were like, you know what would look real cool is if when he blows up, he hits straight to title card and it's like the the splatter or whatever. I will say it does most remind me of season six, where season six was just fucking Leviathan goo everywhere. And the empty has that very viscous yes. look to it. So like it it just feels the same uh, to me. And that it was like, uh, it's just, you know, guck on your screen, <laughs> just in a different color. But yeah, I don't know. We've talked about it before. And we talked about how it related to the season. Uh, I think it's worth uh, going over very quickly. And again, we've done this for you in each episode. There's no need to go hard on it. But the recurring themes throughout this season, and I think we made this point a lot that we can touch on right here, are the sort of tentpole themes of Supernatural overall. They did not reinvent the wheel with this season. They went hard in reiterating the things that we have been seeing for a decade and a half. And the things that have been important to these characters for that long. And therefore, these are the themes that were like the most heavily worked and referenced. Absolutely. These are themes that like if you asked someone honestly in passing who's ever been on Tumblr what Supernatural is about. Yep. <laughs> they would definitely hit, I think, two of three. Like maybe all three. Like this is just what Supernatural is about at its core. And so we have things like family. Yep. Obviously. Sacrifice. Oh my god, the sacrifice of it all. <laughs> also, in every way, shape, and form. Is sacrifice death? Is sacrifice giving up your happiness? Is sacrifice letting somebody go forward while you stand still? Like, what version of sacrifice would you like here? Because we got all of them this season. <laughs> in every way, someone can sacrifice. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, again, very supernaturally. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, of course, the, like, ever-present question of fate versus free will. Yep. And in tying to that, sort of the the recurring motif of stories. These are the big supernatural themes and motifs, and they are the ones that they most love to play with, especially since season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, the first two, Family and Sacrifice, are since Supernatural begins. Fate versus Free Will and Stories really comes in come season four. Yeah. And then all of these remain with the show throughout, and that's what this season was about. So the next section is honestly one that I've been happy not to have to do week over week. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm to be very honest, but we have to pick our top five. Yep. And as a reminder, because we both kind of forgot a little bit, the top five that we do is our five that we each think are the the best of the season or, or whatever. And then they are, when we list them, we list them chronologically that they happened in the season. We don't rank them one to five or five to one. That would be rude. <laughs> we did do that for Steven Universe. And it was very hard. And I'm not too, I fucking refuse to ever do that again. But no, uh, picking a top five was difficult it was i think but like in part because of the fact that this season gets interrupted in the middle and Mm -hmm. so there was a lot where i was like reminding myself of the top half and kind of the emotional resonance of those episodes and also like it doesn't seem fair to compare 
episodes in the bottom, like the last three or four episodes to yeah. anything else. Like it just doesn't seem right. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I would also say that it's fair to note that we did not rewatch the season prior to recording this episode. Like, we are going on our memory, our previously recorded podcast, and then also, like, going through summaries and remembering, like, all the beats of the episodes and what we've talked about. It is highly possible that in rewatching the episodes, some of these would change for me. I, but, like, I'm, I've been really thinking about this, and I think potentially, like, one on my list changes. I am, fairly confident that my feelings on these five episodes are like kind of what they would be had I just binged the season as a as a unit as it were wow you went bold because I don't know that I can say that (laughs) I'm confident in three out of the five and mostly confident in four out of the five and my the one that I went back and forth on is is the one that I'm not I'm less confident on Okay, I, yeah, I think I agree with that. Like, four out of my five, I feel really good about the, honestly, first one is the one that I am the most iffy on. I thought so. Which might be the one that changes. So let's maybe get into it, and then the audience can hold us to uh, these and drag us on the internet for being wrong. (laughs) Good, yes, sounds good. Leah, do you want to go first? Yes, I will go first. So my top five for the final season of Supernatural are The Rupture. The Trap, The Hero's Journey, Unity, Despair. Yeah. Uh, And my top five are Back into the Future, The Rupture, Last Call, Despair, and Carry On. I really appreciate that we overlap twice, which is a little lower than we typically do. (laughs) Just a little. I feel like we overlap normally on like half. Yes. Also, our two overlaps are the episodes that were grand exits for long-running characters. Yeah. I think that that says a lot. So, we're not going to go heavy into these. We've gone into each of these episodes pretty intensely. Uh, but let's go through them a bit and, and discuss how we feel about them. So, uh, the first one would be yours. Yeah. I think just like top line, Back into the Future is really fun for me because we are still establishing Chuck as the big bad and we're coming out of Mariah in a really interesting way. And I think that I just had like a lot of warm fuzzies for bringing back past ghosts or like past I don't know, hunts, I guess. Mm -hmm. There was so much in that episode. I just remember being like, oh, this is going to be a great season. Like that episode really kind of like hyped me up. Yeah. Um, And so it has a it has a very uh, warm place in my heart. Also, it ended with a trunk slam because we can't not end with a trunk slam. (laughs) Yeah. Trunk slam and the like flashback to the baby. They were babies. They really hit us hard in that one. Uh, They wanted to see me cry. Basically. (laughs) Uh, the next one is on both of our lists and it is the rupture. And I think this was a, like looking at the lists, like this is, this is for me, like if I had to rank them, rank them, this is probably like number two or one, probably number two on my list. This was such a good episode of Supernatural. It absolutely was. It did things that I really love, which is like answered one of these like hanging unknown questions about why Sam is the one that has to kill Rowena. Mm-hmm. It has this like beautiful exit for her. Yeah. Um, that I mean, we obviously like went into very deeply, but like, not only is it just like this grand, like, uh, celestial exit, but also it has this amazing scoring under it. Yes. Like the episode is just crafted so very, very well. And it is one of those episodes where like, 
Supernatural does these, uh, like, wrapping up of a, not minor, but, like, maybe, like, primary problem really well. And mm-hmm. then, like, escalating it to the next thing. Yeah. And I, I love the episode where it's like, this is final. You're sad, but happy. You can, like, like, th- you feel like you accomplished something. And yes. then all, sh- all hell's about to break loose. Like, I just, I don't know. I really like that. And I love the way this episode did it. I love what you said about it wraps it up and then it escalates a little bit because this is the episode, like, uh, like, Rowena has to die. Belfagor gets, gets checked out the airlock. Mm-hmm. We seal the rupture and ostensibly Sam and Dean assume this means Chuck is done. Like he stamped his foot and he took off. So in fixing this, they don't have to deal with God anymore. Uh-huh. And then that sort of last like push forward is, or that last sort of issue that is brought up to, to move the story along for the rest of the season is actually Dean and Cass's fissure. And, like, that last sequence is Dean yelling at Cass about, like, why did you fuck up? And Cass is like, you're kidding, right? The plans always change. And Dean's a dick. And Cass leaves. And I think that that actually – and we will talk at length, I think, about Castiel in a future episode. And we talked at length about Castiel throughout this season. But one of the things I recall talking about a lot is Castiel's growth as a person who makes his own decisions. Mm. And this is the catalyst for that. And that cast will lead us all the way through the end of the season. Mm. I also wanted to mention that there's a lot of this episode that feels like a bottle episode or at the very least claustrophobic in the sense that we are trapped in that tomb for a long time, trying to figure it out. And I love where characters just kind of have to reckon with what's happening around them in a space. It feels intimate and like a play. And when the rupture gets to do that, like it was – it's like a one room, one set. Yeah. Like like a little it's a it's I'm not watching a grand TV show. I'm watching something in a black box theater. And um the rupture I think was just well crafted overall. Everything you said, I agree with. Um I really loved this episode. Next is Last Call and obviously I'm garbage. You can go back and listen to the episode to hear me <laughs> be just like absolute trash for Chris Kane and Jensen in an episode together. Like I just like <laughs> lost my shit. I also really love that this feels like old supernatural whenever the boys would like split up but mm-hmm. like not in not in a bad way necessarily usually in past supernatural when they split up like this it's because they're having like internal conflict like yeah. there's a fight between them there was just something nice about the fact that sam was like having margaritas with eileen and dean was like i have some like internal storminess that i need to go fucking yeah it was I think this is the closest that we're going to get to Dean going to see therapy, like going to see a therapist. It was just like, I have internal things that I need to leave this bunker yep. to deal with. And that's adult. Like that is very mature. And I liked it. I actually really like this episode, too. I'm glad it's on your list. And it's got so much good music. Yes. I just I this episode was a lot of fun. And it's another uh, humans are the monster episode. Yes. And I love those. Yep. I 100% agree with you finding out that that it's just, you know, the evil here is a person. Yeah. Always great. Also points to this is Cass showing up and helping out and making his own decisions. I'm telling you, every time it happened this season, I like clocked it because Cass shows up and like works with Sam and then calls Sergey and gets it fixed because Dean won't pick up his phone because it's in the basket because we don't have <laughs> cell phones in this bar because we're in Texas, but we do have guns. Like it was one of those bits. But like, yeah, no, that was a really good episode. I liked it a lot. Uh, uh Next is on your list next is on my list and it is the trap i believe it was the one uh that came in after a hiatus yeah this is our winter break this was the first one okay cool this was the first one after our winter break and we come in eileen and sam have been captured by chuck 
Dean and Cass are like fighting with each other and have to go to purgatory. What? Um, but what I really liked about this episode was actually it's twofold. I love Dean and Cass having their sort of little adventure in purgatory and then that reckoning that features Dean like on his knees and praying to Cass and apologizing and explaining that he's just so angry and all of that. Um, which becomes much more important than we initially anticipated as the season progresses. And we learn the, the, the sort of, I don't know why I'm so angry of it all. Yeah. And then I love, I, it's not great seeing, uh, watching Sam being tortured, right? Like that sucks, but I really like the way that Chuck does it. He's got really shitty interactions with Sam where he's playing the guitar and he's saying rude shit and he uses Eileen against him. And all of it is like obvious because all of what Chuck does is obvious, but like it is so fun to watch Rob Benedict really sink his teeth into the villain role and he does it very well in this episode. Yeah. No, I think that like Rob Benedict just like has so much fun, honestly, mm-hmm. chewing the scenery a little bit. Like, oh, Yes, <laughs> it is over the top in this episode, but I think that both the writing and the acting really plays on the like grandiosity of God and what it is to be like omniscient and like all of this. Like, I want uh, Chuck spends a lot of the season, and I think it like kind of starts in this episode for me, kind of mm-hmm. saying that like I want someone to be able to beat me, but no one can, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, cry me a river, God. <laughs> And like the whole bit is that he's captured them because he needs to sever the connection between him and Sam because that is a weakness. And in doing so, and the only way he can do it, right, is by removing Sam's hope. And in doing so, it's that whole bit where we see the future. Okay, so you do give Cass the mark and trap me in prison. And here's what happens when you do. And it's that really cool device of using the clock to push forward uh-huh. and seeing how like p- the monsters overrun everything and they die and eventually they turn into vampires and have one last stand against Jody and Apocalypse Bobby. <laughs> and so the fact that when Cass and Dean show up with this, you know, Weapon X Machina and like Sam has to make the decision to simply not use it is a really interesting it's i mean obviously we weren't going to use it we couldn't have finished the 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 season in episode nine right but like it's a it's a really cool moment of sam having to act against what he probably what he wants to do and and all of that i don't know i i really really liked this episode i don't know this end of it i really really liked this episode and i'm kind of glad it happened the way that it did i agree with that entirely i also love the casino i don't know why like there's just something nice about the casino set piece yeah um that I guess maybe brings up the idea of... I mean, it's like, uh, it's playing a game. Yeah. The whole bit is that Chuck in the previous episode sits at slots and he just keeps hitting jackpot because he always wins. (laughs) Also, this is the one and only episode where we see Sam and Eileen kiss! (laughs) Why can't we have nice things? I loved it. Whatever. Sam and Eileen get married and they have a kid that they named Dean. That's pretty much how I see it. Yeah, yeah. That's how it ends. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not. Next is yours again. Next is mine again. Guys, this is about to be habit. Uh, so the next episode is actually the following episode to the trap, and it's the hero's journey. This is one I think similar to Last Call, where like, it just makes me happy. Like, the hero's <laughs> journey is obviously the one in which Sam and Dean discover that they are no longer sort of the chosen heroes of the story because they've lost God's favor, and therefore they are average again and like Dean gets a parking ticket and Sam has a cold Dean's lactose intolerance Sam (laughs) puts his hands in an oven without oven mitts because he's not only not a hero he's stupid um Garth is a character that I think is someone who can be used wrong so quickly because there are lots of episodes where I'm like 
Garth. And there are also lots of episodes where I'm like, yeah, Garth. And this is one of those where I really enjoyed seeing Garth. And I was glad that the last episode that we have with him, that he gets a mixture of the funny and the sentiment and the poignant, like all wrapped up. And I think that's how you do kind of a goofy character like that. Well, yeah, no, I entirely agree with that. Also, this is, I think, one of the closest we get to a meta episode. Yes. And so it's so much fun just to like watch them go around like not being the heroes of the story anymore. And that is not necessarily a theme, maybe a motif. I don't know that like carries Mm -hmm. through the end. Like one of the things that we talked a lot about is how in the finale, like they're not the heroes anymore. And I honestly talked too much about the hero's journey in like the last two episodes. (laughs) And also Garth getting his sort of like white picket fence happy ending as a little foreshadowing, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I don't know. This episode is really, really good. And it's a lot of fun. And I think even better on the backdrop of seeing the entire season. Yes, I 100% agree with you. And like, above all, the reason that it's on here, I think might be because it is kind of almost meta. It is the one episode that feels like this to me. It's the one episode that is on my list because of a happy kind of feeling as opposed to like, (laughs) and this is not to say this is not the next four words out of my mouth, but not because it's it's well-written, well-crafted, important to the plot, uh, has incredible acting, all of that, because it does, it does have all these things. It's not a bad episode of Supernatural, but this is the one that, that kind of makes me smile that goes, oh, damn, what a, like, oh, this is a cool idea. I love that we did this this way. Like, there's so much good inside of the hero's journey. And then watching them have to fight without this power that we've we've come to recognize with them is it, – it's just – it's simply something that we have never thought of in 15 years of, of television. And so when we got it, it was – it's just a really special episode. And I, and I have – like, it genuinely <laughs> brings a smile to my face thinking about it. And, like, I kind of want to go watch it and watch them slip on pasta water and, <laughs> like, not be able to lockpick. Like, it's funny. Yeah, I really loved uh, what you were saying about it. Like, you know, it's on the list, not because it's like the best, like most well-crafted, whatever. But also, I think that it's fair that like, sometimes things that make you happy can be good. And like, that's something that all Supernatural fans should, (laughs) I think, internalize. Mm -hmm. Because like, I agree, like, it's just like, fun. Yes. 100%. And it moves the story forward, right? Like, it's not, it's not like cotton candy. It is, Mm -mm. it is fun. And it does something. Yeah, it directly pushes into the episode that follows it, The Gamblers, which directly pushes uh, – that was the whole idea with them getting their luck back. And when they do get their luck back, uh, that luck includes Jack, which obviously is very important to the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. The next episode is, unfortunately, sorry, y'all, mine again. Speaking of Jack being important to the season. And speaking of episodes being on a list because maybe it's not because they make you happy or like episodes can be good <laughs> and they make you sad, whatever it is that you said, the next on my list was Unity. I think one of the primary reasons Unity lands on my list is the way that it plays with format. I am a sucker for episodes like uh, Red Meat, uh, episodes like Stuck in the Middle with You, episodes, if we go back to season two, uh, Roadkill. Any episode in which somebody has more information than somebody else, the audience isn't necessarily clued into what we are seeing. I love the – this is Amara's story. This one is – Dean's story. This one is Sam's story. And actually finding out that these are just POV chapters with Chuck. The revelation of Chuck at the end is so the scene chewing explosion of anger out of Chuck at the end, getting to watch Sam talk Dean off of the cliff, finding out that Dean's like out of character rage and anger and, and, and sort of 
callousness towards Jack, finding out the reason for all of that, makes for what I think is a really good episode. And again, Unity doesn't feel great, does not feel good at the end, feels kind of awful. But I really enjoyed the way that this episode is told, the decisions that it makes, and sort of like all of the answers that we get in this episode are very big. Like, this is the one where we find out what Billy's plan is. Like, yeah. there is a ton of stuff in this episode. It is a well-packed and I think well-organized uh, episode. Yeah. No, I I completely agree with that. And, like, this is another one where we're playing with form a little bit. And they just, like, they do it well. Because this episode, you, you were saying that, like, it doesn't feel good. And I just, like, re- intimately remember being angry at Dean for how angry he was to the extent that I was I was along for the ride like I was just like what is like Dean Winchester sucks and then to get that twist it's kind of like knowing that you got got like it was like I but like I enjoyed it like you tricked Mm -hmm. me and I appreciate that (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate the effort you put into fooling me (laughs) it's like you caught me yeah and also for the record this is the one that I think on my list could potentially move like I might mm. in a rewatch, I might swap something earlier for Unity, but um, this is the one that I was I I back and forth on. Yeah, I think that that makes sense. I think that for as well organized and meaty as Unity is, it could have been two episodes. Like it, there is a lot that happens here. Also, I get bummed out about Amara on the regular, so I can't even. <laughs> Leo, we will get to the characters. I know. <laughs> and I will have another moment to rant about Amara because, yes, I agree. All right. Buckle up, y'all. We're going to do an Amara rant again. All right. <laughs> so the next one is on both of our lists, and it is talking about episodes that maybe don't make you feel good. Despair. This is the thing. As a Supernatural fan, and like I talk to Supernatural fans and myself, look, I like the sad things. I like things yep. that cause me pain. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Apparently. That's yep. why you have to have episodes every once in a while, like Hero's Journey, just to remind yourself that happy can be good, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really excellent point, actually. <laughs> Guys, we do love to laugh, but sometimes the, the just like they get you and it hurts so good. But yeah, no, I mean, Despair is another meaty episode where a lot is happening. Mm-hmm. This this story is just like, you know, the wheels are coming off a little bit and it is careening towards its end and you're learning a lot about like billy and like we get jack exploding and then the cleanup and billy is in and out and it's just like there's so very much happening and then we get to the end of the episode which is basically the entire reason for this episode existing yes right i mean wouldn't you agree like this episode there's a lot happening but it all seems to be driving towards billy chasing dean down and Cass sacrificing himself for dean like that is that is the 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 moment where like the clouds part almost like the 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 episode becomes silent and you are focused in just on this moment of uh, sacrifice times two because Cass is professing his (gasps) love for dean no stop it burns. It burns as precious. I can't. It's just like he is sacrifice. He, like he is professing his love for Dean. That moment is his moment of true happiness. And mm-hmm. he seems to know it. He seems to know that like this is the way he can call the empty is mm-hmm. to just 
exist and to be and to pronounce his love for Dean Saab. And then we also get the callback to the uh, handprint yeah. on Dean's shoulder. Like, this is a magnificent moment. And the episode ending with Dean in a corner crying. Yeah. Woof. Also, talk about, like, moments of intimacy in a show that is grand and has monsters and it's, like, quite literally heaven, hell, God, everything is a character. But moments that feel like you are in a very small theater watching two very good actors perform a very intense little play. This, that scene... Regardless of your feelings towards how it was executed, towards the tropiness or or the trope pitfalls, regardless of any of that, is a really incredible piece of acting and honestly directing because I think Dick Spade did a really good job in choosing to allow the camera to so heavily remain still when it could have been lots of two shots and all that. Uh, it's it's such a well executed scene. I will also say that that even before we get there. And also, LOL, we do also deal with the fact that people are disappearing and at the end, nobody's yeah. left on the earth. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, that, yeah, 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 that's happening too somewhere. <laughs> but the episode is also a really good exploration of our primary four characters as well. And I think it is the last sort of moment that we get with each of them before we hit sort of the end game because you get Jack being just so despondent about the fact that his one what he his perceived one purpose is robbed from him you see Sam sort of at the bottom of it all like as people are disappearing and Eileen is gone but you see Sam working his hardest to save everyone around him and also spur up Jack um like give him like moral support uh, you see pure Dean Winchester, like no longer full of reg- like God rage, just normal rage, and but like going forward and defending his family with every tooth and nail that he has. And then you get Cass, and you get the culmination of like a- over a decade of of character growth for him. And I think that this episode does a really great job of reminding you who each of these characters are how far they each have come, what they can do at their lowest moments, and what they will do. Like, this does tee them up for perfect revenge in the in the follow-up episode. Like, you've put us in a terrible place, and we are going to take you out because of it. Um, yeah. yeah. I think Despair is a great episode of TV. Yeah. Honestly, what popped into my head just now is that Despair is the Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Like, this mm. is, like, I don't even know how to articulate it beyond that. It is just, like really good but also said it like it it you feel like the pieces are being placed on the board and even though there are more pieces right like we get lucifer and michael and like things that we don't quite see yet even though there are more pieces it just feels like the end has started like this mm-hmm. is you know we're in the end game now which i think we said about a million <laughs> about a million times as well over the past year yeah yeah but like it just you see all of the pieces on the chessboard and even though it seems like maybe we are at a loss but it feels almost like a strategic loss even yeah. though it's not for the boys right like but i feel like from an outside perspective now having seen the entire thing play out this feels like a loss that was necessary in order to win yes and like, yeah. uh, it's just very good. It's very good. Hundo P, 100% agree, because uh, it's on both of our lists. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of lists, you got the last one. I do, because I'm garbage again. 
that's, <laughs> that's what I bring to this podcast, Leah. Uh, I'm I'm just like unafraid to be like, I loved the series finale. <laughs> hey, man, it's cool. It's cool. We've got it on record. I really, 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 really loved this. I think it was super satisfying. I also love carry on individually as its own episode because of all the things that we talked about literally last week it feels like yeah in the way that we're playing with structure in the way that it is an epilogue honestly in the way that like it just does a little a lot of very satisfying things throughout mm-hmm. the entire episode it uses music which i think that we will go into a little bit later very mm-hmm. well like it is just good it is just well written it is yeah. If you are writing a show for 15 years and you manage to stick a finale like this, like kudos. I also love it following Inherit the Earth because I feel like we got two finales. Like, I feel like we and not even the way that they were talking about it in the press leading up that like the Inherit the Earth feels like a season finale and Carry On feels like a series finale. I think Inherit the Earth could easily, easily have been a series finale. They Agreed. they take down God, they make the world a better place, and then we get the montage. Like, yep. like Inherit the Earth wraps up very, very well. Yeah. And so you kind of have this, like, choose your own adventure of super, the end of Supernatural. And, like, how great is that? Like, it's just really satisfying to be like, okay, well, here's one type of series finale yeah. for you. Or here's the other type of series finale for you. And so... I think that coming out of such a final, final feeling episode, this does a really good job of bringing the audience back in, reminding Mm -hmm. us why we love Supernatural and why we want to see these boys on one last ride. And I, it's just so well done. I love it. Yeah. I appreciate that carry on. Like, I 100% agree with you that Inherit the Earth could have been a series finale. And I agree with you that like folks who don't like carry on, you don't have to watch it, man. You, I think it is uh, the the joy that you feel at the end of Inherit the Earth, pacing and all problems, like is <laughs> means that you can enjoy that as your final ride with the boys, and it's totally okay. But I think that the existence of Carry On is the writers of Supernatural willing to hold the time to give the boys things that you can't fit into a uh-huh. season typically: uh-huh. long conversations, long goodbyes. A span of time that spans years, whether it's the very beginning of the episode, because the beginning of that episode looks as though it's at least months after Chuck's demise, and whether it's months or years, I, I don't, I don't think it, it's known. I somebody said that Jared said it was like five years, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, you might not actually know. Don't ask the actors. Great swaths of time, memories of what Supernatural was in the first season with the way that this hunt goes down. Yes. Like it, it's it takes the time to let you sit and just breathe the breathe not breathe is the right word sit and just experience the characters without this large overarching plot, which is something that we've really never had the opportunity to do because it's a TV show. So from Jump, there is a big overarching plot of some sort to experience. And I think that getting the time and granted devastating time as Mm -hmm. Dean dies and Sam moves on with his life and all of that, like there's, it is a lot of really heavy stuff in there, but you still get to spend that time with them purely on their relationship, purely with them as characters. And I think that, I think it was a, it was a choice. I think it was a little bit of a hard choice for them to make. And I think it worked well. I mean, tell me like, 
when else do we get a chance to have the characters within Supernatural look upon the wholeness of the lives that we have seen and be happy with it? Right? Like, even, and one of the ones that I point to a lot is, um, even in Book of the Damned, Sam is kind of like coming to terms with his life uh, as mm-hmm. a hunter. And that has a similar vibe to honestly Dean dying and like being like, I've done it. Like, I'm, I'm good. This is the way I was always going to go out. But in Book of the Damned, Sam still, there's still like a resignation, like sadness, yes. like this is all I can have. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to like, I am actually like satisfied with my life. And it's, yes, I just don't you people that you care about, don't you just like want them to get there? Like these are yeah. the characters that I have cared about for uh, quite some time. <laughs> and it's just like nice to watch them be satisfied with their life. And it's nice yeah. to one see Dean have get this moment, which is again, very sad as he is dying to say all of these things that he needs to for his to his brother and it's also really nice to watch sam get to live a full quote-unquote normal life like at the end of the day the reason that their relationship is interesting is because they're not the same and it was i think it was very nice and honoring of each character to let them end in slightly different ways yeah i like that a lot actually i think that's a really good point yeah, I, I genuinely did enjoy Carry On. I don't know how old I will be at the point where I can watch this and not be in hysterics. <laughs> because when we put out the episode about the finale, I didn't tell you this, but I, I pulled the, the music from the show so I can put it in the, in yeah. the podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. episode. Um, that fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to keep holding the episode. <laughs> Just for that music. Dean's in heaven. (laughs) Sam's depressed because Dean's dead. I was like, what the fuck? How did I get this gig? It was awful. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I could have offered. I could have. (laughs) I could have helped. Regardless, I'm going to have to do it again. Regardless, I don't know uh, when I will get to the point where I can. Um, where I can sort of watch this without being a big baby about it. But like, I am looking forward to my eventual rewatch of Supernatural nice and slow over the course of a year or so, probably, um, and getting to watch the whole of it and getting to land on carry on at the end, which I feel like will probably feel like a really big exhale after yeah. you look at the whole of the series. And I'm, um, I'm kind of looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Well, those were our top five that we weren't going to spend very long talking about. <laughs> We do good. We do fine. So this is when we would normally talk about like minor characters uh, throughout the season, like who was introduced, who was killed, who came back or was reintroduced. Um, Instead of doing that, strictly speaking, I think it'd be nice to look at our predictions coming into the season and kind of see how we did. Yes, agreed. So before the season began, in our uh, season 15 predictions uh, episode, we did a list of everybody who we was we thought was still in play, basically, and if they would live or die. And then again, right before the show returned in March, before Pandemic Hiatus, we did adjustments to the list based on who was uh, either introduced or who we had forgotten or anything like that. So we will be revisiting that list in this format. And starting at the bottom, 
One of the amendments we added was Garth, and we were correct in that sort of, uh-huh. A, we had for, he was an amendment because we forgot about him. <laughs> and I think at the time we had, that was when we had determined that everybody gets a victory lap, and so that was Garth's one and done, and that's true. I have to assume he is fine and happy with his family for the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, he got snapped, snapped out, but hopefully he got snapped back. Mm-hmm. Another amendment, because, uh, again, we did not think she was on the board, but she was brought back, was Eileen. And when we last talked about this, we didn't know where Eileen would end up. Now that we are talking about this, I would like to very quickly discuss my biggest problem with the season. Oh. It's just that we don't have actual confirmation on Eileen or the Apocalypse Hunters or Donner. Like, that's something that could have been solved with a singular line in the season finale, and yet it wasn't, and it bothers me that it is like up for interpretation i choose to believe that she is the mysterious woman in the background however (laughs) (laughs) however is not clear so i mean come on you put family photos all around uh sam's bed you couldn't throw eileen in one of them come on seriously seriously it would have been so easy or like to see little dean do some sort of sign language yes like sorry (laughs) i i I think i got overwhelmed by that one (laughs) but yes oh my god yeah would have been so simple and it was not done um it's it's just a little little hard but we shall carry on yeah this did not change in the middle catch died and we predicted that we didn't care if catch and then he died so i think that means we killed him yeah probably we also predicted that we wouldn't care if apocalypse bobby and charlie lived or died but as it turns out as it turns out i care and i need to know if they lived or died supernatural please let me know here's the thing we don't care which one happened but we would like to know which way it landed i will say now that i know that like she had this really cool girlfriend and the two of them were hunter hunter like wives i kind of want let charlie to live so she and her hunter wife can hang out together but we don't know (laughs) uh we predicted that rowena was dead and though i think we should highlight this again leah thought we would never see her again and i was right because i was like she becomes queen of hell Come on. I should have read more internet discourse. The whole world was like Queen of Hell. And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm and I'm genuinely glad I was wrong. Well, uh, let me amend that. I'm not glad I was wrong. I'm glad Rowena gets to be Queen of Hell because that was r- Queen of Hell Rowena was real cool and I enjoyed seeing her. So uh, I also just like love that we kept getting references to like how she was ruling in hell. I don't know. Yeah. It was very nice. Yeah, we can't fly Ruthie out for every little thing, but Also, we were correct because I believe what we said was she would be the first casualty of the season and that she – like that it would be the big loss that is taken out and like because you lose all this magic and all this support and stuff and like episode three, done. Yeah. Um, She was the Hedwig. Oh, she was our Hedwig. (laughs) We said that the Wayward Girls and Donna would live. We don't really get like full confirmation, but I think that it's safe to say that Donna's still alive. It seems – it seems like we can assume so based on the the phone call that we have uh, that Sam gets from the um, the sheriff guy who's like my friend Donna Hanscom said. Um, so we can ass- – I'm hoping that that means Donna is alive and if that means she is alive, that hopefully the others who were all snapped away together all live. But again, it's not Claire. Um, and while we don't get to see uh, Claire or Alex or Patience, we do get original Kaya back in uh, what I think is another um, another really great example of Supernatural – being willing to take the time to tell the story 
because this should have been the story for the Wayward Sisters spinoff and it never got told and we were just gonna have to live with it and there was room to tell the story and so we got original kaya back and i think that's and also like this the fact that we get to know that original kaya went home with jody and then her and claire got to be girlfriends yeah and that's awesome uh speaking of jody we predicted that jody would die and Mm -hmm. false jody lives i'm glad about that i was real i spent the whole season worried for jody and in in the same episode where kaya comes back where she left and i was like i think that was the end of Jody. Does that mean she escaped? Like it was, it was one of those things where um, I think halfway through the season we realized that the show was not being as bloodthirsty as we thought it would be. Uh-huh. Um, it wanted people to be able to live on, and I was like, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> we yeah, understood. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. That is that Jody. I think was the moment where we're like, "Oh, I guess people are gonna live." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next on our list was Jack, and we said he would live, and I think we had different interpretations of what live meant, but I do think one of the interpretations was God. Yeah, I think we had New God on the board. <laughs> I think New God was on the board, so <laughs> we were totally right there. Ugh, this one makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, we had Amara as, honestly, this just says Amara Queen, and <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that says everything that was on my spirit at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I think that we wanted to see Amara triumph over her dick of a brother, and I am really, really sad that we didn't. Um, yeah. We got a lot of really great Amara moments, uh, mm-hmm. but it was very sad to me for her to just be, like, absorbed into Chuck. Yeah, I really wanted Auntie Amara teaching Jack about how to rule and the two of them balancing each other out like that. Yeah. And instead, like, it, it's nice at least that Jack says something to the effect of like when they ask about Amara he says she's still in here or something like that so uh, I guess <laughs> I don't know like it, it is it's not it's not what I want but it is nice that Jack at least addresses yeah it in some way like maybe Amara can come back to form down the road somebody write that fic yeah I mean I, I guess it wouldn't be supernatural if we didn't just like kill all the strong women would it it's true that's true that like if they were to remain supernatural we had to do a murder on Amara <laughs> So I guess we were slightly off in that one. Yeah. We did predict that Chuck would meet his end. And I mean, technically, we're kind of off on that one. No, I think we predicted at least Chuck losing. And we just couldn't figure out exactly how. Because he couldn't die as God or else the Earth would explode. And he couldn't. And like, we were like, lock him up. I don't know. I think, I believe I have a recollection of saying, just hot poker shoved up his ass for the rest of eternity. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, by the end of Supernatural, like, by the time Sam dies, I think we can assume that Chuck has died. Yeah, no, he did. I bet, I'm sure it was Darwin award-winning, too. (laughs) Like, he's one of those folks who took a picture too close to the edge of the Grand Canyon or something like that. Like, I just want something, or like, or like a bee got him. I want a bee sting, and he just had allergic reaction because he's never been human before. I just want a really lame death, and nobody gives a shit, and bye, Chuck. (laughs) Absolutely. No, 100%. Um, I really appreciate that number four on this list is Baby. <laughs> and I appreciate that we predicted that the Impala would die. I think it was because it had something to do with if Dean lives, the Impala lives, but if because he's going to fix uh-huh, it, uh-huh, uh-huh. I believe was the bit. The Impala did not really factor into Dean's ending, so. Though but we is in heaven. I'm just saying. I think that that's like a real toss up. We can interpret that however we want. Yeah, there is a version of baby in heaven and also a version of baby on earth. Baby is eternal and everywhere. <laughs> like, 
Uh, I love it. I love it. We predicted that Cass would die. Mm -hmm. I will say I do. I do have to own up to the fact that I was convinced that Cass would go to the empty. We would rescue Cass from the empty. Cass would die after that. Like it was or or Cass would be over after that. Like I did have some grand Cass rescuing, but I I did, I think, fall on the. Yeah. No more Cass. Yeah. I mean, you know me. I was certain we were going to drop that storyline. Like, I was certain that that yeah. was going to get lo- left behind because it felt a little bit like a throwaway. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that in all television, we have a tendency to, like, pick and choose which ones we actually want to bear out. Um, mm-hmm. But I am so happy to have been proven wrong. It was a great way for Cass to go. Agreed. Also, like, kudos to them choosing to represent the empty in the way that they did, because in allowing the empty to be a player in this end game, we were never able to forget it. Yes. And like also casting Rachel Minor and letting her fucking sit in a chair and, and be snarky. Like, I was like, okay, I'm not so mad at this empty storyline anymore, because actually, it's kind of fun now. Yes, I agree. Next on the list, we had Dean and we predicted he would die. Yeah. And he did. This is one of the ones where, like, I can be kind of cavalier about, <laughs> about like, I don't know, characters ending, things that are sad or whatever. And I did not, I think, expect to be hit as hard. I didn't expect mm-hmm. the, like, you know, monologue of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, like, it really went, I think, beyond what I could have hoped for. Like, it was a really, mm-hmm. it was a really good ending. I agree. And by the time we escaped, the final confrontation with Chuck, I still felt as though Dean would die, but I couldn't see how because, like, my whole gig from Jump was it was some sort of, it's okay, it's time for... And and again, this is what we got, right? But, like, it's okay, I'm fine with this, this is what I want, is uh-huh. for, you, like, for me to save you kind of a thing. Yeah. And when we didn't get that because Chuck was off the board, I was like, but how do we get a this is okay death? Uh-huh. And so you're right, the way that it did happen in it being a mundane hunt and a, and a, it's just too late to call an ambulance type way, but like giving the moment with the monologue is like, ah, that is how that went down. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think it was really important to see Dean get his rest, even if it's only for a, like a little bit that he's by himself, but like getting that was, was really important. So I, I'm not surprised that we were correct in that that was going to be the end for that character. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And first on this list, Sam, we predicted would live. And I guess we were right and wrong. I don't know. Like, I feel like that was the spirit. The spirit of that prediction was that Sam would be- get to live a full and happy life. And that is mm-hmm. what we saw. Yes, confirm. Uh, 100% agree. I think initially, like, we did pick Jack live. And I think one of my options was that, like, Jack and Sam go on forever. Yeah. And like they get to hunt together. So like Sam having this kid and then at the very end we see the son, uh, we see, uh, Gene, Dean Jr. there with, um, like the anti possession tattoo on his arm. So like I like to think that like there was maybe not like active hunting, but there was at least a little bit like if it's in the neighborhood type hunting that would happen, stuff like that. So yeah, seeing Sam get to live his life. I really don't know when I when we made these predictions of Dean dead and Sam live, right? I don't know what I actually thought the last season of the last not season, what the last shot of the show would be. Like, would I have expected Dean smiling down from in heaven or something? <laughs> like, like, I don't know what I I don't think I had thought that far ahead. I only thought what I wanted for the characters completions. And I think had I thought about it really hard, I would have been like, yeah, 
and then Sam grows old and dies and goes to heaven and they get reunited. Like, yeah. I think I would have gotten there if I had actually bothered to think that far ahead. But I yes. didn't. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree. I don't know why. I feel like sad. <laughs> Something about going through that list just like brought me down. You know, Supernatural's over. Like, yeah. there's something about. Ugh. Also, wait, hold on. Let's do a shout out to the character we never anticipated coming back or being talked about so often Sergey. What? <laughs> <laughs> Where did you come from, bud? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. What? Who? All right. Well, I think that we have like depressed ourselves enough talking about all of the characters who died. Uh, and we should move into the musical moment. Before we started really outlining this episode, I was like, ah, the best musical moments are like in the last two episodes. Move on. And then I went back and looked and I was like, actually, holy cow, there's a lot of really good music in this season. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're a hundred percent right. I also kind of gravitated towards the finale, but there's so many really good songs, really good uses of music in this season. So I guess we want a couple honorable mentions just for the, the kicks. Actually, can I put an asterisk extra honorable mention? There were a lot of really great moments of scoring. If you yes. go back and listen to us talk about each episode, you can pick out the ones. I think I referenced the rupture earlier, but like there yeah. were a lot of great moments of scoring. Like, cause I think we talked about the, the sort of last few episodes in scoring, but I also remember, um, I think it was Proverbs, se- Proverbs 17.3, which is the episode yeah. of Lilith, which is a overly contrived episode on purpose, has overly contrived score. Um, which is a really cool meta use of sort of everything that they were doing. Yes, absolutely. All right. So let's just, let's just run down this list of the, the sort of highlights yes. very quickly. I loved the famous final scene. They've used it in, uh, a seasons before, but this was over the montage in the first episode, the road this far. And I just like it, it was poignant, right? Like we're going into the, yeah last season like this is the famous final scene it was great in atomic monsters we had jensen span radio company singing sounds of someday over the uh sort of the montage of of the young vampire choosing to um let himself be killed to to save others yeah this one reminds me one of the things um especially in the earlier episodes is that the the song choice was like a little almost too on the nose but like Mm -hmm. really what like really good like very related to what was happening a lot of text painting um, and so that, that just like, I remember that, I remember that part of that episode being like, ah, yes, yes. In golden time, the very first scene, uh, of the witch sort of breaking into Rowena's house and, and ransacking it is set to Cobra Ramon's So Quiet. That is a song that is just like, I can hear it in my head and it's like hype, 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 hype. It's so good. <laughs> really, really, really enjoyed that use. Yes. Uh, in Last Call, we get yeah. two, two great songs. Uh, one is House Rules by Christian Kane, which I love, and they're <laughs> in a bar, and so they're like House Rules plays and they kick the guy out of the bar. It's just like so, I don't know, on the nose. And uh-huh. then Christian Kane and Jensen Ackles sing the theme song from Dukes of Hazard, Good Old Boys. Joy. Joy. Just like, I, just fun. Just so good. One, uh, sort of really random one that I enjoyed was Take Me for What I Am by Henry Ford. That would, that was crooning over, um, the beginning of Our Father Who Aren't in Heaven while Chuck is the slot machines. I don't know how to explain why I like that one, but like it just felt so shitty of Chuck in the moment. And I was like, you jerk. <laughs> 
Uh, in Hero's Journey, uh, Debussy's Claire de Lune plays, and it was one of those instances of Supernatural choosing to do something kind of weird. So you had the really well-known classical music playing over the slow-mo uh, werewolf versus wraith, <laughs> I think, fight. And it, it had that, that ethereal beauty that also comes with extreme violence that was really interesting um, that we talked about a lot in the episode when we went over uh, that, but I liked that as well. And then sort of on the complete flip side of that, in Destiny's Child, Savage Gardens, I want you played as alt-universe Sam and Dean climbed out of their <laughs> shitty car. And I was like dying because Savage Garden is just eh. – you don't get much more 90s than Savage Garden. <laughs> and it just felt very good. Yeah, no, absolutely. In Inherit the Earth, we get young bloods get together over the scene where Jack is like putting the world back together. And it's just like, I think we talked about this in the episode, but it's just like, happy. It's like, very mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like catchy 70s happy, which is really great. And then in Carry On, we get Brothers in Arms yeah. by Dire Straits over the sequence where Sam is uh, sort of trying to put his life back together, going on without Dean, you know, putting Dean on the pyre and all of those. And it is oh, just aching. And and sort of like those are the, the standout songs of, of the show, of, of the season for us. And it was a lot because we're are terribly indecisive individuals. But the sort of two that I think stood out most starkly, uh, and I think it can't be that difficult to guess, uh, the first one is Running on Empty by Jackson Brown that played <laughs> over the montage and in Inherit the Earth. How dare you, Supernatural. These are absolutely both cheats, but how, who came up with that song? Who, who was like, uh, let's do a montage of Supernatural, all of the characters that you love and that you've seen throughout 15 years. And let's put it, like, let's put Running on Empty over it. Like, there were so many moments where I'm just like, I can't listen to this music and watch this at the same time or I will cry. I remember watching it and being like, how did you possibly combine a song with a series of images that could simultaneously make me so happy and smile so big and then just ugly cry so hard. I couldn't understand how they did it. And yet that song paired with that montage felt so uplifting and simultaneously so devastating. And I could not figure it out. It feels like they gave us a song that was just kind of like, hey, guys, we were going through our, uh, like, library, <laughs> and and we found this one. So the next time you want to, like, cry in a dark room about Supernatural, here's the song. <laughs> like, the, one of the lines is like, I don't know how the road, how that road became the road I'm on. And I was just like, I feel like, honestly, I feel like I'm crying about myself. Like, I've got, like, how did I get older? Like, how did, yeah. like it was just yeah. so so much it's so much it was such an excellent excellent choice to the point where i couldn't believe it had never been on supernatural before because it was so perfect for sam and dean winchester i was like it's like uh 10 years in someone's like this is a great song but we gotta pocket this one (laughs) this one we gotta pull out for a special occasion um and speaking of songs and choices of music paired with images that can simultaneously make you smile and cry There'll be peace when you are done. Ah, 
Love this song. Play your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no it was the perfectly timed, perfectly executed use of Kansas's Carry On Wayward Son in the finale. I think that, like, on top of the moment where you actually hear Carry On Wayward Son, it is important to remember that we do not hear it at the beginning. And that, like, that in and of itself, like, started to fuck with me. Like, that, <laughs> like, I was just like, I know how Supernatural works. I know what I'm expecting. I know what's going to happen. And then it didn't. And I was on edge for the rest of the episode. And so then when you finally get it and Dean, like, it, it goes on the radio uh, in Baby. And Dean's just like, I love this song. And you're just I like, love this song. <laughs> sobbing. Just like... <laughs> I don't even know what more to say. Yeah, no. It's just so perfect. It's a perfect distillation of that song as part of the supernatural phenomenon. Like it is Dean like drives off down the road. Like it's just beautiful. Yeah, it's it really is. And we we went really hard into this the other week. So like there's no need for this. But like also um, there (laughs) no need. It is outside of season one and now season 15. It has always played over the season finale. It is a song that we are all used to. It is a song that like the, the fandom ascribes to the show. We know it in and out. We know that it is emotionally manipulative and how it makes us all feel like we, we know all this. And so for the show to pluck it from the top and not only pluck it from the top. And when that happened, I knew in- immediately that they were going to execute it at the very end as a goodbye. And so I was, I felt like I was prepared for it, but I was like, like, right. There is something about the turning up, hearing the car start, which is a familiar sound and literally hearing the click of the radio to the song coming in. That is just so, it is so perfectly executed that even though I knew it was going to come at the end and I knew it was going to escort us out of the show ostensibly, it was, it's, it's done so perfectly that like they're. Like, you really just can't. Like, I was like, my favorite carry-ons are season two and season four. And I like, uh, I think season 10 or 11, that includes a little clip of Rowena saying something like, <laughs> isn't there any music you can turn on or whatever? And I like the season where it's like, we're kind of famous, carry-on. I like all of that shit. Like, I have favorite uses of carry-on. This b- obviously blew them all out of the water. I mean, that sequence, like, we, I think that the emotional resonance of this use of carry-on really starts with dean's death right like we have dean die and then we go through sam's sadness we rewind back to the pyre then we go to heaven with dean we Mm -hmm. see bobby and have that emotional moment then we see babe it's just like i am just like being taken up and up and up right like it like then we see baby and then dean gets in the car and it starts and it's like i I have no more, like, I don't know, like, in me. I can't hold back. Like, I, you've just, like, fucked me up so much supernatural. I'd say there's also something in Carry On, um, in sort of always being, again, with the exception of season one, always being sort of the, the song that plays as we are reminded of everything we have gone through thus far and the stakes that lead into a finale. And therefore, the Carry On, There Will Be Peace When You Are Done is about sort of whether on you can do this and all of that. Whereas the execution of carry on in this episode is the happy part of the carry on. We are not focused on the fight to the peace, but this is the peace and this is the keep going. This is Dean driving and waiting for Sam and this is Sam raising a son before he goes back to Dean. Like there is something much kinder 
about the idea of carrying on till the end than typically where it's it's a little bit more intense and a little bit more we have to solve a problem. There's no problem to solve here. We are just continuing on through the rest of our life. I hated everything about that. You take that back. (laughs) (laughs) No. No, I won't. Yeah. I mean, uh, they've, they, I mean, Dean has found the peace, right? Like that almost reward that has been Mm -hmm. the driving force of carry on through 15 years, right? The like, carry on, you will find peace when you are done. Like he's there and they do it in such a like, it's not triumphant. It's not mournful. It is just like, it's just like right. It's just like what yeah. ha- like what happens next. It is natural. It it belongs. And so there's a bit of like a come down or like honestly, I think that this carry on is spacious in a way that past ones aren't because we're doing it over a montage. We're moving very quickly. Exactly what you're saying about like you're driving towards something. You're trying to fight the whatever big bad is going to happen in the season finale. And this carry on is just like spacious. And it's like, you know, there's nothing left to do. And so it gives so much room for the audience and like for me as a viewer to like sit with it, to like Mm -hmm. actually have to like pay attention and to feel the weight of the entire show and like where we have come and the culmination of all of this. It is, it is very well done and placed at I think the exact right moment. Um, and it sucks. Like I'm sorry I made you I'm, I'm sorry I made you pull that audio last week. I like that you said like it's not mournful and you're right, it's not, but like in the first watching out of it, I was definitely mourning, which is why it hurts so bad. Like we were all mourning the end of our TV show. But honestly, I think the best word for this use of carry on is catharsis. Yeah. In every in every other use, it is a hype song. This is to get you prepped and ready for the finale. This is this is the other the complete other side of this. This is an leading to a climax this is this is the denouement this is the come down this is cathartic at the end of the day yeah um there was um so i have this i don't know i guess spiel i have this spiel about Grey's anatomy being the like last vestiges of aristotelian catharsis um and i think if you are such a fucking nerd <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever but because one of the things about taking the audience through catharsis is that like you have to like you lead them there and then Mm -hmm. like like we as an audience have to have to finish it that's why in shows that are like really big dramas the character may not cry like the character's eyes will well but they like won't cry because like that's how you get the audience to cry is like they Mm -hmm. fill it like they fill in the space and i think in this supernatural like they deploy it because they know exactly that it's going to get us, right? Like, there's sentimentality built up over more than a decade in this song. Because in something like this, in an end like this, there is always, there is, like, happiness and sorrow when Dean smiles and Dean, like, relaxes and Dean is okay with the fact that, you know, his brother's going to come along later. Dean is so, Dean is so okay that, like, as the audience, I can't be. Like, I am filling in the space or I'm filling that in. And so I am able to work through my, you know, maybe negative emotions or like sorrow, sadness about the show, because Dean is happy. I am sad. The song tells me to cry. I feel all of those emotions. And I'm able to get out the other side. And that's what catharsis is about. And I think that you're 100% right. Oh, that was so good. Hey, I really (laughs) like it. 
I really like it when we get to be smart about things. That was so good, and I love that. See, I am I am a huge nerd. <laughs> and speaking of huge nerd, we literally talked about this episode two weeks ago. Yeah, we went hard. We talked about this use of music too. So, and we just had another really long discussion about it. And guess what? We said more in different things. You know what? <laughs> That's just just how we do over here. Um, oh man. Uh, but yeah, this season just like had a ton of really, really, really great music. Honestly, mm-hmm. talking about the music has gotten me hype. I might need to rewatch the season uh, starting tomorrow. <laughs> do it. Moving on from music, this is where we cover supernatural myths, but I'm going to take this opportunity instead to say the fact that Supernatural done did it already, and this was the final season, and therefore we did not get, we didn't really get new month. There was like, we learned about Baba Yaga, like was brought up for the very first time, right? Like there were a couple. I think God's death book, maybe? Right, yes. No, there were, there was like no new monster. I think Baba Yaga was the exception to the new monsters. And, like, things like the Leviathan Blossom were new. And then it was everything in relation to Death's Library, so God's book and and the rules about uh, who can open it and read it and all that stuff. Yeah, but it isn't – it wasn't even, like, brand new things. We weren't being, like, newly introduced to Death's Library. We were just getting, mm-hmm. like, more context to help build and support the story that they were telling this season. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think it's safe to say that like in season fifteen the world was built. They they didn't need to introduce a lot of new lore to get us anywhere. They just picked and chose from like what they already had, uh, which yeah. is great. And even like like things like the occultum with the garden inside, or or fucking Adam showing up near the end there. Like these are all things that aren't that don't feel like expanding on the world that has been built. They just feel like kind of filling in little bits of colors for you because we are already so used to grand heaven and hell ideas and we are so used to biblical names coming up that like it, it's 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 a shrug and a whoop like every time like it's cool but like we're used to it so supernatural didn't feel the need to to lean into it very hard so now we have hit the end of the episode so this is where we say who was extra but I think I think I think we wrote this one pretty hard throughout the entire season. We were explicitly clear of who was extra in every moment of yeah. this season. And it was a hundred percent Chuck Shirley. Not even a competition. I would say that maybe fourteen out of the twenty episodes we explicitly said it was Chuck. Whether or not Chuck was in the episode is how bad it got because Chuck's hand, his stank was all over <laughs> so many of these episodes. They were like, Jesus Chuck from the way Rob Benedict chewed scenery oh to the way that he took out Earth Two in that radio shed <laughs> to to the to the casting call of Lilith's in that one episode, <laughs> Chuck just could not help but go that hard. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think my favorite part of this, my like singularly favorite part, is that no matter how extra and how ridiculous Chuck was, the entire season. Lucifer showed up on screen <laughs> and was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> like, this is how you do like this, this guy. Honorable mention to Lucifer, who always knows how to show them all up. Straight up. And I love that. I love that, like, Chuck is on this, like, full on God shit and, like, is just living his best life, doing the most. And one is then upstaged by Lucifer and then 
totally played out by the boys and left as a human to like crawl among us mere mortals. I yep. love it. It was a great way to wrap up the season. Kudos. Kudos to you, Charles Shirley, for always being 100% the most and also for getting your comeuppance and <laughs> not being enough. <laughs> like, it's just very good. Yes, that's it. That's it. 100% the most and still not enough. Sucks to suck. <laughs> Which means we've made it to the end of this episode and our season 15 wrap up. It's so like we, we've done all of the seasons of Supernet. We've done, we, we done did them all. Yeah. Done them all. It's it. I honestly, do you think we could do one of these for Supernatural as a whole? Like, what's your top five episodes of Supernatural? Period. I, I would say that I could come up with a top five or (laughs) ten. Hold on. Hold on. Let me finish this. Top five or ten episodes of Supernatural, period, blank, end of sentence. I would also then want to create a top five of my favorite episodes because, like, these are the episodes of Supernatural that I will revisit forever. I actually, honestly, Tikia, I bet you, you and I could come up with the top 10 episodes of Supernatural. We shall discuss off camera. Daunting. Woohoo. Daunting. I know. I know. But we are done discussing Supernatural in a season by season or episode by episode way, but we are not done discussing Supernatural. Yeah, we are, what's the word I'm looking for? Masochists? For <laughs> overdoing it. No, Masochists is not, uh, I'm just making a joke. Are you okay? Did you spit? Nope, tea? I'm good. I'm good. It was coffee and it was about to come out of my nose. <laughs> but we're fine. Yeah, in, in discussing things that like we feel like, uh, we never got a chance to do. For instance, we used to talk really, uh, when we did the season long recaps, we talked really well about some of the characters, especially when they, they had their last episodes. Like, so we don't get a chance to do that necessarily with folks like Chuck and Jack and Cass and the boys and, and all of that. So we want to be able to discuss sort of those characters, not necessarily on their own, but in context with the whole of the show and also in context with their roles in the show if that makes sense yeah and we also uh i think have a couple of maybe long-ranging questions or Mm -hmm. ideas about different entities within the universe of supernatural that we want to dig into and also there are things that we just want to like kind of have fun and talk about like one of the things that we have on here is the talking about the hunter community like like the greater hunter community and like i feel like we've been talking about that since we started this podcast where it's like I want to just dig into the hunters like and that lifestyle like and that's just the thing we want to do like I don't know we want to have bigger conversations and have fun yes yes we want to have bigger conversations and have fun so we will be coming back with a I don't know totally random format uh, of just us talking getting way too into this um, digging deeper in the coming week yeah so um, get hyped and also, uh, one of the things is that be- this podcast initially was so predicated on being a recap and review style thing. But I think now that Supernatural is quite literally over, um, that it's nice to get to take the space to talk about the show overall. So like, if you or your friends or whomever are missing Supernatural, then I don't know, come to chat with us as we like just talk about the stuff that we can't let go of because we're sad it's over. Exactly. And with that, 
We are at the end of this episode, but as we have just said, and as we always say, would love to continue this conversation, like straight up, hit me up on Twitter. It's basically all I do on Twitter is talk about Supernatural. Like I come in, <laughs> I come like I come once a week or so and just I'm like, here are my hot takes. You can find this podcast on social media. We are at Extraneous Pod on Twitter and extraneous.pod.pod on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get us there. Chit chat. Yeah, same with Takia. I don't only talk about Supernatural. I pretty much talk about anything that flies in front of my face because I'm a goldfish. But uh, <laughs> yeah, come play with us on social. Um, Euro, this is your reminder also that we have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash making mischief. Uh, that is the most direct way to support the show and you can find things like bonus content and a discord and lots of other stuff so if you have the scratch to spare um, and you want to support us you can do it that way patreon.com slash making mischief alright stay extra bye bye do you want to go into any of those harder or no uh, I don't think so. I feel like we like really beat them. In the, right. There were a couple of episodes this season where we we're like, I can't keep talking. about. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and you're not wrong. And there was something really interesting and nice about the fact that like Jared was, you know, having margaritas with Eileen and and oh, not Jared. Oh, sorry. Give me. Let me use her. <laughs> Swear to fucking God. Takia. Uh, we are at extraneous pod on Twitter and at extraneous dot pod on Facebook and Instagram. Wow. What the fuck? I know. I just talked right through you. Hold on. <laughs> One last reminder that if you want to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more on Tavor, just use the code extraneous at checkout.